Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Well, welcome on this Easter Friday, Good Friday. Thank you so much for coming to church, taking time out of your free day to worship the Lord and remember the Lord. Today is the day when all over the world people stop. In many countries it's a holiday and people remember the fact that 2,000 years ago a man was killed on a wooden cross. And even though many people were crucified, that one crucifixion has changed human history more than anything else. He is the most influential person ever to have lived and it's because he died and he rose again. And that's what we remember today on Good Friday. We're going to be taking communion a little bit later, so please keep that bread and that uh, cup with you, and later on we'll be taking it. We're focusing on communion today, and I just want to remember what happened on that Friday, that Good Friday, but also talk about the Passover and bring it all into context for you. So the Passover is something that started 3,000 years ago where the Jews were slaves in Egypt and God said, I'm going to set you free. And Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, said, no, you're not going to go free. And so God sent nine plagues to the, the land of Egypt. There were frogs, there was lice, there was blood, water turned to blood. There were all these different things. And every time God brought the plague, the Egyptian Pharaoh was scared, but then he, he got hard-hearted again. He said, no. You're not going to go out. You're not going to be free. I want slaves to make things for me in Egypt. And eventually the last plague, God said to Pharaoh, just as you killed all the, the young Hebrew boys who were the firstborn, I'm going to kill every firstborn in the whole of Egypt. And that was the last plague. And God said to the Israelites, today, you're going to be set free. You're going to be released. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to send this plague and you guys will be set free if you put the blood of a perfect lamb. And so I'm going to read to you from Exodus chapter 12, verse 3. God says, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or the goats. So, Four, five days before the Passover, on the 10th of the month, they would choose a lamb, a perfect spotless lamb without any blemish on it. And this Passover feast then became a, an annual celebration. It's the longest running annual celebration in the whole of human culture and human history. It's been going on for more than 3,000 years. Every single year, the Jews have been choosing a lamb and they've been going through this process. However, when the temple was destroyed, they stopped sacrificing lambs. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later because Jesus was the lamb that was the final lamb to come. But they would choose a lamb, a perfect lamb, on the 10th day of the year. And you remember Jesus, when he came into Jerusalem uh, at the beginning of the, the last week, Palm Sunday, he comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. That was that day, the 10th of Nisan. It was that day when the, the people were choosing a lamb and bringing it to the priests in the temple. Jesus comes in to Jerusalem and he goes to the temple and he presents himself to the priests. So just as the lamb was chosen for Passover, Jesus comes in to Jerusalem. 
And then in verse 6, it says, You shall keep the lamb until the 14th day of the month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And that word twilight means between the, the sunsets. It's basically three in the afternoon was the time between 12 and 3, midday and 3 in the afternoon. At 3 was the last lamb being killed. Because there's so many lambs being killed in Jerusalem at Passover, all the lambs get brought in. And on Good Friday, the day that Jesus was being crucified, the Bible says there was darkness between the hours of 12 and 3. That's when all the lambs were being killed. I'm just trying to give you a context. You know, we, we remember Jesus dying on the cross, but we have to understand what was going on around him in Jerusalem at the time. Between 12 and 3, it got dark as he was hanging on the cross, and all the lambs were being killed in the temple right then and the lamb of god was dying and at three the last lamb is killed jesus gave up his spirit he said it is finished and he breathed his last he wasn't killed he gave away his life at the time when the last lambs were being killed and as he died the bible says the the curtain of the temple was torn in two and so all these lambs are killed on the altar and suddenly the the curtain opens and the holy of holies looks right into where the lambs are and the lambs look right into the holy of holies that's what happened at three o'clock in the afternoon when Jesus died on the cross. And then in verse 8 it says, Then you will eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs you shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head, its legs, its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains till morning you shall burn with fire. So this became an annual feast where they would get the lamb, they would sacrifice it, then they would roast it with fire, and they would eat the whole lamb. There was nothing left. They would even eat the parts of the head, and everything was eaten, or it was completely burned. And that's important for us. When we eat communion, I want us to remember that we're taking in the whole of the body of Jesus who was sacrificed on the cross for us. If you, let me put it this way. If you have eye problems and you're eating the communion, think of yourself as saying, I'm eating the lamb and I'm eating the head and the eye part because Jesus was sacrificed so that I can be healed. Think about eating the whole thing because every part of Jesus' body was bruised and broken for your healing. There's something unusual happening today. Let me just say that I believe that today is an unusual Good Friday. I really feel like the Lord said to me, something unusual is, is going to happen today. So, they would do that, and then they would eat it with bitter herbs. Let me just tell you a little bit about the Jewish Passover festival, so that you understand what it was like when Jesus ate it. They would have gathered together. The first thing they would have done is had, have a hand-washing ceremony. At the beginning of the ceremony, they washed their hands, and remember, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Do you remember? At the beginning of the, of the Last Supper. And then they would have got together. Um, they would have um, had four different cups of wine, which represent four different parts of, of the redemption story. It's called the cup of sanctification, the cup of deliverance, the cup of redemption, and the cup of restoration. And they would have had all these cups of wine. They would have taken part of it during the supper, there's a time when there's readings and songs sung and prayers read. And so the father of the household at the Passover says, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Um, 
and you've commanded us to eat unleavened bread. Blessed are you, king of the universe, who's created the fruit of the vine. And, and as they take in the bread and the wine and they've got the lamb, they're saying these prayers, they're singing the Psalms, Psalm 113 and onwards, and they are reading things from the scriptures, and they're taking this and they're remembering what happened at the Passover. And then part of the ceremony is the youngest child asks the father some questions. He says, why are we reclining? Why are we dipping? Why, why are we eating unleavened bread? And he asks all these different questions. And the father tells them the story of when they were set free from Egypt by the blood of the lamb put over the doorposts of their houses. He tells them the story and he says, we were set free. And then they dip their finger in the wine and they they tell the nine plagues they they say that the flies and the frogs and the darkness and the blood and the boils and all the plagues and they thank god that they were set free from all of that and then the bread is a very important part it's called the matzah and the father takes it's actually in the in the jewish passover there's three pieces of bread and they they put together in a linen kind of pouch and the rabbis say that there's three, but they're actually one. And when you ask a Jewish rabbi, why are there three pieces of bread, but they're actually one, they can't really explain it. They say, we don't know. Maybe it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Maybe it's um, all sorts of different reasons. But they don't know why there's three that are one. But we know why there's three that are one. God was putting it right in the Passover meal, right from there. And then they take the middle piece of bread, which represents Jesus, and they break it. And the bread, the Jewish bread, looks like a body that's been pierced and bruised and burnt and beaten. And they break it, and then something amazing happens. They hide a piece of that. They hide that middle bread. In a, they wrap it up in a piece of linen, and they hide it somewhere in the house. And then at the end of the meal, one of the children has to go and find it. And that's a picture of Jesus after he died, being wrapped in linen and buried for three days. And then he rose again at the end. The pictures are absolutely amazing. Um, and then they, they dip, they've got bitter herbs and, and different things that they have to dip the, the bread in, they have to eat together. And Jesus had all that. Remember, he said, I'm dipping in with Judas, the one who's going to betray me. And then at the end, they drink the last cups and they celebrate and they sing um, a, a psalm and they praise God for his redemption. And the Jews did all this. They painted the doors in the Exodus. Um, they painted the doors with the blood. And the, the destroyer came over the houses. He killed all the first, firstborn in the whole of Egypt. But the people who had blood over their house, on the doorposts of their house, were set free. And every year since then, the Jews have been remembering this. This is the context of the Last Supper. I just want you to understand that when Jesus says to his disciples... I want to share this Passover with you. It was the night before the Passover, actually. It was on the Thursday night, but because sunset to sunset is Passover day, it was the Passover day. But he was having it before the lambs had been sacrificed in the temple, because he was the lamb that was going to be sacrificed. But he was going through all these procedures to remind them all that history of being set free, set free, set free. I am the lamb. I am the one. I, my body will be broken for you. My blood will be shed for you so that you can be forgiven. And even though it's just symbolism and you can just go through the motions, if somebody thinks about it and they look and they 
focus with their heart into it, the power, the power of this Last Supper comes into them. Now, Jesus, I believe, did not have a proper lamb at the Last Supper. Um, there's some debate about this. Some people say it was a proper Passover with the proper lamb. But the lambs had, were only killed the next day when Jesus was on the cross. So I don't believe it was a proper Passover lamb that he had. They probably had some meat and some, something part of the meal. But Jesus was saying, I am redefining Passover. And this is important. Jesus was saying this festival that has been going on for a thousand years, I am redefining it and showing you, my brothers and sisters, the new Christian way of doing Passover. I'm taking all that meaning. Colossians 2 verse 16 says, All of that was a shadow of what was to come, and the reality is found in Christ. Jesus was saying, all that Passover richness and meaning and, and beautiful pictures that are in it, I'm taking all of that and I'm showing you what it really means, and I'm putting it in a new Passover meal, which is called communion. And it's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly meaningful. You know that bread that was broken for us, that was hidden and then he rose again, they find it at the end of the meal. That's a picture for us. But I just want to talk about one thing as I close. And that is the fact that there is no lamb at a Passover meal anymore. And there wasn't a proper lamb at Jesus' Passover meal on the Thursday night. This is, this is a, an amazing fact. You know, if you go to a Jewish Passover Seder meal today, they don't have a lamb. You know what they have? They have a lamb bone. <laughs> they just have a bone with no meat on it, one bone. And you know what they call it? They call it the zeroah, which in Hebrew means the arm of the Lord, or the arm, or the shoulder. It's, it's a word, the word zeroah, when I tell you how it appears and how it's used in the Old Testament, you'll be amazed. So a Jewish family today have a Passover meal and they're remembering all the symbolism and the beauty and the, the three breads that are one and the bread that's broken and it's hidden and it rises again and all the, all the meaning of that. They're remembering all of that, but they have a little bone in the meal called the Zoroah. And in the Old Testament, the Bible uses this word Zoroah. It's a Hebrew word. And it says, uh, let me read you a couple of verses that use this word, Zeroah. Jeremiah 32. Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your Zeroah, your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So this word Zeroah, they've got this little bone in their Passover meal sitting there. In the Old Testament, it says God made the heavens and the earth by his Zeroah. And they've got it sitting on their table. Let me read you another verse. Psalm 136. God struck Egypt in their firstborn. He brought out Israel from among them with a strong hand and with a Zeroah, for his mercy endures forever. God brought Egypt out, Israel out of Egypt with his power and might by his Zeroah. What is it? His power, his arm. And they've got a little bone sitting in their Passover. Another verse. Isaiah 52, verse 10. The Lord has made bare His holy Zoroah in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. I'm not sure if you're realizing this, but even non-religious Jews today are proclaiming the fact that Jesus, the Messiah, 
is the Lamb of God. They don't have a lamb anymore in their Passover. They have a little bone called a Zoroah. And the Old Testament says the Zoroah, by the Zoroah, God made the heavens and the earth. He brought Israel out of Egypt and he shows his salvation to all the earth. And then in Isaiah 53, verse 1, it says this. So it's really, the reason I'm sharing all this is because I want you to see the power of communion. You know, we can have communion and it means nothing to us, but if we see and understand, the power of it comes into our lives. Isaiah 53 is the chapter about the Messiah. You know the one? We often quote it. It talks about the suffering servant. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and all this. You know how that chapter starts? Listen to this. Who has believed our report and to whom has the Zoroah of the Lord been revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness when we see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected. This is talking about the Zoroah, the arm of the Lord, the strength of the Lord. Listen. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. Are you grieving? Are you sorrowful today? Do you have a sadness in your heart? Jesus, the Lamb of God, has carried your sorrows. You don't have to carry them. They're not even yours anymore. He's taken them. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Why was he wounded like that? Because I've sinned. He was pierced. <coughs> Sorry, he was bruised for our iniquities. He didn't deserve those bruises. They were mine, but he took them. The punishment or chastisement of my peace was upon him. I can have peace now because he took my punishment. And by his stripes, I am healed. You know, when the Israelites left Egypt, the Bible says there was no one weak and there was no one feeble among them. When they ate the Passover lamb, not only were they set free from all the nine plagues and the firstborn plague, they were healed of all their sicknesses. We all like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And it goes on to describe Jesus, what he did for us. To whom has the Zoroah of the Lord been revealed? Who has believed our report? The Jews, every single Passover, have a thing called a Zoroah, and it represents Jesus. Jesus, in the Last Supper, there was no lamb. He had all the other stuff that he needed, but the lamb was going to be sacrificed the very next day, and while Jesus was hanging on the cross, the lambs were being sacrificed. You know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem's only eight miles from Jerusalem, and it's the place where they rear and grow all the lambs for the temple sacrifices. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Isn't that amazing? The shepherds came to see the new baby. Shepherds bring little lambs into the world. You know, the priest has to identify the lamb and he has to say, yes, that lamb is acceptable for the sacrifice. What did John the Baptist, by the way, John the Baptist's mum and dad were both from the line of Aaron. They were priests. He was a, a priest. 
John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said, That's the Lamb. And then Jesus presents himself at the temple. He gets betrayed. The priests buy him for 30 pieces of silver. They didn't even know what they were doing. They were buying the lamb for the sacrifice forever. And then they have a trial where they accuse him of everything they can think of. And he comes out innocent. The priests were examining the lamb for blemishes. And he was spotless. And then he was crucified at exactly the hour when all the lambs were being killed. For us, there is no longer any need for any sacrificial lamb because Jesus has paid the price forever. If a lamb painted on the door, if the blood of a lamb painted on the door in Egypt was enough to set them free from bondage, to set them free from the plagues, and to make them all healed and and fully well, how much more the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, for you and I? It's so much more powerful. If the Jews take the Passover so seriously, it's such a big deal for them. How much more important and beautiful and valuable is this meal for us? Friend, I want to make a bold statement. The amount of benefit and blessing you get out of communion is completely dependent on how much you see the significance and the power of it. If you see it as just a little, it's just eat and drink, you'll get very little out of it. But if you see it as what it really is, the strength, the arm of the Lord, the salvation of God has been revealed, all of God's power will be revealed to you as we eat and drink. Remember all the other things we've learned in the past few weeks about the the communion, about unity and love and servant-heartedness and and all these different things. That's part of the meal today. So what we're going to do is we're going to Take this one seriously, this communion today. What I would like us to do, if it's okay with you, we're going to play some worship music over the speakers, and I'm going to ask you to get into little groups of anywhere between three and five, maybe a few more. Get into little groups with people, and we're going to just pray together, and we're going to pray for each other, and then when we take the meal... We're going to receive it for what it really is, the power of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.